Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Bingeworthy, a podcast about all things television, streaming, what we watch, and how we watch it. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and editor-in-chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez, Bingeworthy helps you, the listener, keep track of it all, know what's what, and which of these many dozens of shows being released each week and month are worth tuning into. Okay, on today's episode, you'll find Rodrigo and I discussing the return of one of the best comedies on television, HBO's Barry, which begins its third season uh, actually this past weekend on Sunday, April 24th. For the uninitiated, Barry follows a hitman who moves from the Midwest to Los Angeles and gets taken by the acting bug and the acting scene. And while on assignments, uh, he stumbles into an acting class and the rest is history. As the show goes on, his separate lives as an actor and a hitman slowly start to bleed together creating a truly unique blend of darkness and comedy. If you're not watching Barry, I really think you're missing out because it's one of the great shows of this era. After Rodrigo and I talk about the third season as spoiler-free as possible, one of Barry's best characters, NoHo Hank himself, Anthony Kerrigan, stops by to discuss getting the job of NoHo Hank, being too likable to kill off in the pilot episode, and going into new territory for Hank in season three. So, (laughs) Rodrigo, I know you haven't seen the new episodes of Barry, but you have seen the rest what are your thoughts, you know, just in general on the show uh, seasons one and two? I mean, you, you teed it up well. Like Barry is one of the best shows on television. It's really, uh, I, you, yeah, you said it. It's, it's an amazing blend of like very emotionally real, genuine, grounded stuff. And if you take this idea of a hitman who no longer wants to be a hitman and has uh, extreme sort of guilt about it, but it's also this, as someone who's a would be a hitman, would have to be is a little bit you know, sociopathic about it. He's like, hey, why can't I just be an actor? Why can't I leave this life behind? And it's like, well, you know, you've done some pretty fucking horrible things, which he continues to do, even though he doesn't want to do. And so what's perfect about that is they find both the fucked upness of that and the comedy of it, right? It's yeah. like, so, hey, hey, man, and, and Bill Hader's is so perfect that this kind of like the everyman's like, I, I, I you know, I just kind of want to act. I just, you know, can I just, can I not, not do this? And it's like, oh, but you're kind of bothering me and you're going to stop me from pursuing my acting goals. So, you know, maybe I'll have to kill you and, but doesn't really think about it. And it's like, it's, there's the, the, the great comedy of it and the great dark humanity of it when he really struggles with some of the stuff when people he cares for come close to, um, getting killed or and or he may have to put the hit on them and all that stuff it's you know it's funny like I was just thinking about this genre because um, we did a piece recently on gross point blank ah. and, I was, and I was telling the writer you know like gross point blank I don't know if people 
like I, I really wanted to just people to, to remember, like it doesn't really get its its dues, its flowers as like it kind of started all of this. It started like, you know, analyze this, um, you know, the Sopranos talking to a therapist, uh, you know, the, the basically the idea of the assassin, the killer in the midst of an existential crisis done with comedy. And it all goes back to gross point blank. That's one of the first things that that's a per- perfect kind of subgenre, you know, and yeah. Barry's obviously totally... being a movie of the nineties, it's, it's not, doesn't get the opportunity to go quite right. as dark, right. but, but it's it, definitely, it, yeah. In, a, in many offspring. ways it started this su- su- subgenre. And so Barry is born of that subgenre, the, the hitman in existential crisis and putting a lot of comedy in that. And yet still it is still feels incredibly super original and super fresh and doesn't feel like it's treading, uh, a lot of the same territory, even though it's it's kind of born of the same idea, but it's it's really, really good. The other aspect of it, which we've talked about in recent pod- podcasts, if you're listening to us, is that it's become really incredibly cinematic. And Bill Hader himself, he actually directs every episode of season three, which is I'm super looking for because of that. And some of the best episodes in season two that had some incredibly cinematic moments to it and incredible action sequences and all this stuff that's like, wow, this is super impressive. It's all done by Hader. Yeah, last season there was a an episode specifically, you know, where it was almost kind of like a a tangent, but it was still that episode in that when they were yeah with the, the hitman and his daughter. Yeah, but specifically, I I just remember specifically it was like the guy after him, and there's like the big fight in the middle of like a a Walmart or something like yes. that, and yes. and it's in, there's a, it's a whole big to do, it's like a gigantic set piece thing that's like. You know, it's perfect because it's so perfect for the show because it's so cinematic and so visceral. And you're like, holy shit. But it's also funny as fuck. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, Hater has always been this kind of like born in the womb uh, cinephile. And uh, yeah, he loves a lot of, you know, classic, classic stuff. He really, really knows his shit. And then he's always been like this really fucking funny, you know, smart writer and, and, and funny guy. And he sort of managed to. Uh, merge all those things together so beautifully in the show in every way because there's like you know the you know as we've talked about the 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 sort of human element the human condition the human concern that's such a big part of the show but then it's also it's like finding the the humor and all that the dark humor and all of it there's something really admirable about you know being the wacky snl guy and then going right i'm not going to do any of that i'm just going to show you my chops as a dramatic actor as a writer uh, as a director and I'm just going to play the straight man for the most part in this cast full of heavy hitters that are amazing, right. like and, Henry and, Winkler and Stephen Root and Anthony yeah. Kerrigan. Yeah, yeah. The supporting, yeah. The supporting cast is terrific, right? Amazing. Amazing. And, and I know because we have Anthony on today that people are going to be like, really is your favorite character? But no, Hank is fucking amazing. He's, He's one of the best really, characters. Really, really, really funny. There's a scene in season two where no, Hank threatens Barry's life outside of his acting class, and, yeah. you know, the life of his loved ones and after feeling, you know, kind of slighted by him. And it's an extremely serious, scary scene, but then it's punctuated by Hank getting into his car and blasting K-pop and driving <laughs> off. And it's just such a perfect encapsulation of the show overall. It's super dark. And then it really doesn't skimp on, you know, leaning into some of the absurdity of it. And so like, so I haven't seen it, but I got a hint of it is that, I mean, tell me about season three, but my guess is it it's already dark, but it seems like it's getting much darker. Yeah, I would say, I mean, this is another one of those where the like even the interview I had with Anthony, I mentioned a relationship that was pretty much teed up and acknowledged in season two, but not fully. So they don't want me to run it until after the premiere. So it's just mm-hmm. one of those things where they have so many spoilers that they don't want us to touch on. But I can say that for Barry, like this is his darkest, most humanly disconnected period. You know, he's very volatile in this season. If you don't remember what happened last season, I really highly encourage you to head over to HBO Max's YouTube page because there is a four-minute video of NoHo Hank recapping the series. And oh, it is nice. 
Maybe I'll watch yeah. that before I want to dive it's, into Yeah, perfect. It's so perfect and recaps things really well and succinctly. Obviously, like I said, four minutes. But Stephen Root's character Fuchs um, kind of outs Barry as being a killer and having murdered Henry, Henry Winkler's character, Gene Cousineau, his girlfriend at the end of season one. Right. And this is after Barry has taken out a good chunk of the Burmese army, including their leader while trying to kill Fuchs was now on the run from Barry, leaving Noho Hank and the Bolivian crime leader Cristobal to run things in their you know, criminal organizations together. And there's a lot more going on with side characters uh, like Sally Reed, who is played by Sarah Goldberg. But yeah, that, that's me trying to keep it relatively simple. There's a lot of characters going in different directions in right. season three, takes that setup and sends the characters a lot of them into new territory, which is really interesting. And that's all I'll say due to, you know, all the spoiler embargoes. But let's just say Barry is probably, you know, season three is probably the darkest season, especially for Barry himself. But you're realizing that he doesn't really connect with reality in the same way that a lot of people do. Right, right. Uh, and that's the other thing about it, right? Because he, on some levels, he, that's the kind of like the belying nature of it, right? Like it's like Barry is supposed to like kind of this kind of every man and he's kind of just this average kind of dude, but he's not right. Because he's a fucking killer. And that's sort of like the desire to be this regular, normal dude and just have a life and be an actor and enjoy that kind of stuff. And then the, being a killer and not wanting to reconcile the two is mm-hmm. part of his great kind of delusional and sort of like, underlying sociopathicness right yeah in the first seasons it was like oh he's a regular dude and he happens to be a killer and he wants to be a nice you know actor guy but this season really makes it clear that he is not a regular dude (laughs) right let's just say that much there's a scene in one of the later episodes of this season that makes it very clear that he does not see the world in the same way that say his girlfriend sally reed would right it's kind of scary <laughs> the way he, he approaches something so matter of fact let's just yeah what's, what's really interesting about it is that like given that sort of element of it i mean it, it just reminds me that like to me ultimately you know in this kind of thing it's probably going to end up as a tragedy and please don't kill hank <laughs> it's it's going to be a tragedy in the end and the final season you know f- well first of all it like given how you know, like, like I haven't even seen season three and I can already tell I've seen the trailers and I'm just sort of seeing some stuff and it's like, wow, this is going to be really dark. And it's like, this kind of should end soon because it's going to hit like a super boiling point, but they've already actually written all of season four. It's yep. done. It doesn't, yep. I don't think it's ending. They've all, they, they, I think they still have to shoot it, but they're kind of ready to go. So yeah, that's what they did over the, the COVID break. I, yeah. I spoke with Bill Hader right before they started shooting season three. And right. he said that they had already written season four and it was ready to go. Right. So by that token, it's like, unless there's like a surprise, you know, like that's their final thing. It seems like they're probably going to five seasons, which is like, you know, that's uh, quite a bit for this kind of thing, because it's like less, I mean, sure, sure. I think Breaking Bad did as many as that, but it sort of reminds me of the same kind of trajectory of, of Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. Right. Whereas it's, at a certain point, you know, something's got to break, you know, something for sure. Gotta, uh, Cause it, there's a, there's that kind of like emotional stress and tension of these situations that are, that are going on in which the show does really, really well, which is similar to uh, Breaking Bad a little bit in that yeah. sense. Um, well, the thing is the third season ratchets it up so much that right. you're like, how do you keep right. this tension and not break? Right, right. That's what I kind of makes, yeah, I'm like, I'm like a season four going to be like funnier because if you just keep going ratcheting, ratcheting up, you kind of like, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But uh, yeah. Barry's going to snap, basically. <laughs> yeah, probably. It seems like it's heading that way already. And for sure. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing like what, five seasons, probably? Who knows? I hope, I, I mean, I, I think that would be a good amount. I 
don't want to see it go, but at the same time, you don't want to see it overstay its welcome. Right, right. Well, that that's it's, it's not even also just the overstaying its welcome, which is always a problem in television, or at least a concern. But it's that specific tension to sustaining it is really difficult. Absolutely. And and, and we've seen that on all these kinds of shows. I feel like almost every of these kinds of shows should really like, you know, like Ozark is ending now and it's what it's in third or fourth. Is it fourth season? I can't remember, but it's ending essentially at the perfect time. Like I, yeah, it's a two part last season. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, I'm, I'm really glad it's, it's ending because I mean, I really like that show. I think it's really terrific and it's underrated even, but the, the being able to sustain that prolonged kind of unbearable tension of, of these kind of, of things is, is really difficult. So mm-hmm. um, it'll, I'll be very curious to see, if my sort of prediction happens with, with season four, it's maybe it becomes a little bit more comedic or gives it a little bit more light and then returns to the darkness for the last one. Yeah. Like I said, I hope they don't, they don't kill Hank. I hope he either escapes early and gets out of it and they give him a spinoff or it's just like, he's the the cockroach that survives the nuclear bomb. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. That's actually, God, that's the good way to write it. Actually, it would be the funniest and best way. It's like having everybody who's toast and, and somehow he he's the cockroach. Who, I mean, if they're listening to this, this is what they should do. That's how they should yeah. end the series. I want um, Noho Hank to also become an actor within the series. Oh my well. God, that would be hilarious. That would be too funny. <laughs> I mean, he's such a great comedic relief to it. He's, yeah. he's so hilarious. So I can't, I also can't wait to hear this interview because this guy's fucking funny and he's just seems so delightful on that show. Yeah, if you don't know Anthony Kerrigan, you would assume like he is like Noho Hank, but he is like this a down to earth American, like very serious actor. So he takes this very seriously. His really? voice is very different. It's just like, this is not, this is not the same dude, but he plays wow. it so well. Wow. wow. That, even more admiration though. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, once again, Barry premiered on April 24th on HBO and HBO max. You can catch new episodes every Sunday. Let's shoot you on over to my conversation with the wonderful and hilarious actor, Anthony Kerrigan. Anthony Kerrigan, how the heck are you, man? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing so good. I love Barry, and I think Noho Hank is just one of the best characters to come out in years. So I am thrilled to to talk to you today, man. Cool. Thanks so much. I'm happy to talk to you too. Awesome. So I guess, you know, if you'd indulge me a bit, I'd love to kind of start back when you got the part of Noho Hank. Like, how much did you have in the audition, you know, of the character as he is versus what he ultimately became? Well, I like to think that I had a pretty decent amount of it when I went in there because I don't know when I, when I first read it, when I first read this uh, pilot script, I was like, oh, I, I get it. I know, I know who this guy is. I know who this guy is immediately, but also it's an audition. So you're kind of going in into a bit of a vacuum. You really don't know what it is that they're looking for, but the biggest thing that I try to do with any audition really is to just give my take and and go as deep as I can with what I think it should be and then you know just convince them that that's the way that it needs to be from there on out uh, <laughs> but I um I knew that I was kind of uh I think in the right direction in the audition room because I was like working with uh, Sherry Thomas on it in you know in the audition and she's such a fantastic casting director uh, and she made me feel so at ease and so comfortable. And so I, when I, I started to make her laugh and I was like, okay, cool. This is, this seems like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of headed in the right direction. Uh, and then Bill called me just to say how much he liked what I was doing. 
And and from that point on, I, I was just like, okay, cool. Let's let's keep the ball rolling. And then as the story goes, I mean, you were supposed to die in the pilot, but you were obviously you were so damn funny they couldn't kill you. So when did you realize that this was a character that was special, like to the point where they're not going to kill you off? Well, I mean, I yeah, it basically everything up to this point has just been a bonus as far as I know, <laughs> because like I was just one like, hell of a bonus, man. Oh, one hell of a bonus because <laughs> I could be dead right now or my character rather could be dead right now. But uh, I think, you know, I, I had such a good time on set and in a way knowing that I, my character could possibly die kind of freed me up to basically do whatever I wanted, you know, because I was like, might as well, might as well just go for it and see what happens. And I kind of knew that things were kind of uh, catching on in a way, because my first line that I had in the pilot was, uh, hey, man. And (laughs) I basically, you know, from after I said that, that line, I just started hearing that around set, like people in the crew or like, you know, just people who are like, like loading the trucks and and, and grips would just be like, Hey man, like pass me that filter, you know? (laughs) And um, that's that's when I was like, Oh, this is kind of, this is catching on. This is something. Uh, And from that point on, it's just been, yeah, just a gift. I can't imagine the things you have shouted at you on the street. Is there anything in particular that you really get like all the time? Or is it just no, Hank? Oh yeah, it's like Noho Hank or like Hey Man or you know 50-50 with Cristobal, you know, like people just start <laughs> dancing and uh I, I I get a huge I get a huge kick out of it every time. It's always welcome, you know, it's always yeah, welcome. That's amazing. How deep have you gone uh with Bill and Alec when it comes to Hank's backstory? Do you like know what made Hank or is he kind of even a mystery to you? Or do you kind of only make as much as you have to? You kind of only make as much as you have to in a way. You make enough that gives you a kind of angle into the character, right? That gives you a window into who this person is. But you never want to kind of go too intense with it because you really don't know what they might come up with in the future and how they might expose that for being completely wrong. So, you know, you you want to kind of come up with enough that it kind of fleshes it out and makes us a character that can just go into any situation and just respond, you know, but you, you just never know. So I don't know. I'm not a method actor. I, I'm basically just like, I like to create a character and then just show up and just put it on and then, you know, punch out and leave it, you know, leave it at work. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to keep the accent the whole time or are you able to just drop no, it in between? No, takes I, I drop it in between takes because that would be just far too exhausting to just hank all over the place. <laughs> I love that as a phrase. I'm hanking all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to like some of the iconic lines that he has, do you guys work a lot on the day to improvise different things or does it stick to the script kind of stuff? I mean, it depends on the scene. Some of the scenes are really long and, and, and intense. And for that reason, it can be really kind of difficult to, you know, to deviate and then find your way back in. But there are some scenes that it just lends itself to just kind of playing around. And, you know, that's what's wonderful about working with these guys, working with Bill Hader and Alec Berg. They're just so responsive and they're so, uh, I don't know, curious about just finding what life is, is in that present moment. And that's something that's just so cool that they're not, even though they write things that are just so brilliant, 
they're not precious with it. They want to, uh, they want to just find something new and something fresh. Do you have a favorite improvised Hank line that comes to mind? Let me see. Uh, I think, well, during like the, it, it was funny because this was a improvised line that came weirdly not at a comedic part of the show, which is season two, I think episode one, which was directed by Hiro Marai when Hank confronts Barry out front out in front of the uh, acting class. And Hank says like, you know, I told you to get out of the Dodge. Right. <laughs> which like, I, which I came up with, but I, and I, and I saw Hank as like kind of, you know, telling him to get out of that Dodge, like get out of that Dodge van, basically, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> um, so that, that was a really fun one. And it was nice too, because it was an opportunity to kind of riff, during a, a different type of scene that it wasn't like specifically comedic. It was actually way more, way more intense. And when you have a, a character that is this successful and this beloved in a show, mm-hmm. you know, you're always going to get people coming to you and being like, Hey, do you want to play this like foreign mobster guy? Do you ever get afraid of like the typecasting of it all? Or is it just like, let's soak in the experience here and do as much as I can. I don't think I'm not, I'm worried so much as it's just it's just not that interesting to me to kind of yeah. replicate uh, to replicate the same role over and over again. Uh, I, I like to kind of just bring variety to whatever it is I'm doing, and each kind of successive role I like to try to swing in the opposite direction um, yeah. and and just do something do something weird and and, and outlandish. But, Dennis uh, Caleb McCoy, for instance. Dennis Caleb McCoy, for instance, <laughs> you know, like very different character <laughs> from, <laughs> you know, from uh, from Noho Hank or or Victor Zaz. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's fun to yeah stretch myself in different directions. So last season, you know, uh, Hank's big goal was to kind of like raise this army with Barry's help to kill Esther. Um, I believe, mm-hmm. in order to kind of become Cristobal's bestie, you know, more or less. And it ends on this very dark note. Nearly everyone is in, you know, this very dark place. And with Hank, he kind of starts season three on a high note. Like he's doing pretty well for himself uh, without giving too much away. He's thriving. He's living his best life. How mm-hmm. do you think it is that Hank keeps failing upward in this series uh i mean he's got no choice really he's just you know that's that's it's just the way that he operates he's really he really does believe that what he's doing is the smartest possible thing and he's so committed to that way of doing things that like it's it, it somehow just miraculously works out um but but don't get me wrong i mean it's it's you know, Hank this season, I think is starting to gain a little bit more self-awareness in, yes. in ways that, you know, he, he definitely did not have in previous seasons. And for that reason, uh, I think he's, he's starting to kind of think more about what he needs and less about what other people need. And at the end of last season, you kind of saw Hank and Cristobal make things pretty clear. Like they're, they pretty much were in love with one another. So what's it been like cultivating a relationship through the series that Hank, he, he doesn't seem like a character who had much time for such a thing. Well, I think that it's, you know, uh, it's in keeping with the kind of this vision of what, you know, Hank and Cristobal uh, envisioned as far as like 
creating a very conscious and green like criminal empire <laughs> you know uh it, it's in keeping with that and it's it's very kind of a next the the next natural step i think logically uh for for that but yeah but it's been it's just an absolute joy to kind of find these different these new facets of the character and, and see hank uh you know who hank is behind closed doors and he's such like an unrelenting optimist and, and someone who searches for approval a lot. Do you think that's ultimately going to get him killed or is he just going to keep failing upward for the rest of his days pretty much? I think that will, I guess we'll see. I, <laughs> I don't want anything to happen to my sweet Hank. Um, you and me both, but, man. But there's a danger. There's a, an element of danger in Barry with, with each of the characters that like, the closer they get to what they want, the more dangerous it is, you know, and, and the what's required to hold on to it is, is something that, that will require great lengths to go to in order to keep it. I'm personally hoping that Hank is this optimistic little cockroach that survives everything and we get to see a spinoff, you know which just goes from Barry to Hank right after it's done. Um, <laughs> would you ever want something like that where you're like, this is Hank's own show or would you want him to just be a part of this larger kind of Barry empire thing? I don't know. I don't know. I think um, I, in a way, you know, I, I, I like to be blissfully kind of unaware of, of what, what's up next for Hank. So you know, if something were to transpire, I think I would, you know, in, in a very kind of Hank fashion, be like, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, like, definitely. <laughs> oh, sign me up, mister, you know, but like, it would be, you know, <laughs> genuine shock, genuine surprise. I wouldn't necessarily want to or try to orchestrate anything. In doing my research, I was told that there was a scene in the show in which Hank is riding through LA in a scooter with full pads and a helmet that never made it. Why the hell did we not see this? I mean, listen, I, uh, I feel that question. I asked that question myself because I think that it's just, I mean, just, I got to see that scene and I, and I tell you that I'm a whole lot better because of it. It was such a funny scene. And, um, yeah, I, one day I hope that it, uh, you know, I hope that it finds its way to to the interwebs. Me too, man. That sounds hilarious. I, like many people, uh, have always been a big superhero and comic book fan. And it's been great to kind of see you pop up on The Flash and Gotham mm -hmm. over the years. But do you feel like you ever want to enter one of those worlds again, uh, maybe in the, the cinematic universes? Or do you feel like, you know, I want to do other things at this point? I love to. I, I mean, I, I love the superhero world as well. And um, obviously, you know, I got to really just geek out when, when, when it came to playing a character like Victor Zaz in that world, <laughs> um, because I was such a huge fan of Batman and, and the whole kind of like that whole legacy and yeah, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm so game to, you know, under the right conditions, play a character that would be, you know, um, yeah, who knows? I mean, DC, Marvel, but I would really enjoy most of all, like making that character my own, you know, yeah. like doing something original with the character and doing something that's going to both honor, honor it on, on the page in the comic book or graphic novel but also, you know, just give it my own voice. Right. 
I'd love to see it because you've played a bunch of villains. I'd love to see you do something on the hero side, you know, uh, you know, jump into like a silver surfer or maybe if they threw you professor X or something like that. I totally. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, you know, I'd be, yeah. So, so game for that. And, uh, and we'll see, you know, it's, um, there's a lot of possibilities out there. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of very bald, smooth, uh, <laughs> superheroes out there. So, you know, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, no shortage. Yeah, man. Uh, do you have any projects that are on the horizon beyond Barry here, or do you have anything coming out within the next year? I do, but I can't talk about it. It's One annoying. of those old yeah, things. It's the annoying thing of, uh, you know, yes, I do. And no, I can't. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, it's been, uh, it's been super fun to be able to kind of like, particularly focus on Barry like right now, because, you know, we've been focusing on, on, uh, on it for so long and then by the time we actually got to to go in and shoot it we were just all so grateful to get back into it and we put yeah. so much into it so now we're at a point where we're get, getting to share it with the rest of the world and and i think all that care and consideration is gonna is gonna show through yeah the first four are awesome and how many how long were you guys working on season three because it's been a long time since season two yeah, I mean, well, we had our table read. Our first table read was right before the shutdown in March yeah. of 2020. And we, yeah, and then we kind of uh, had that big old break like everyone else. And we, um, yeah, when we when we did come back in, we came back in with, with a vengeance. Yeah, I was talking, I think I talked to Bill right about when you guys were going to start shooting again. And he looked... Like he was deep in it, man. He looked pretty stressed out. <laughs> he was he was dealing with all the things. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, he's he's wearing a lot of hats, you know. <laughs> I'll be like, Bill, why are you so stressed out, man? He's like, what What are you talking about? He's like, I've got like 30 <laughs> things going on. I'm like, oh yeah, right, right. Forgot about that. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, the first four are excellent. And uh, I really do genuinely think you're one of my favorite parts of the show. And I love the other parts of the show. So if if Hank dies, I'm just saying I will riot, but I really appreciate <laughs> taking the time. Uh, for our listeners, Barry Season 3 premieres on Sunday, April 24th. Anthony, you are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. 